Amen. Go ahead and get into Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. This is our uh, 15th week of uh, parenting. 15 out of 15. This will be our, our last time uh, getting together for this class. And uh, normally I, I teach a young couples class in here. So if you don't have a Sunday school class you normally go to, I uh, would love to have you uh, be a part of that class. That will all start uh, next week. And like usual, going to begin answering some of the questions you turned in. Question number one. Uh, the grandparents will not stop giving our children everything they ask for. What should we do? Uh, you have already started well by recognizing, recognizing this is not good for your children to have everything they want. Um, it's cheaper for us, and so it's easy to let go uh, because it saves us money. Uh, but we should do, talk about it as a couple, pray about it, uh, pick a good time and a good tone, and have the biological parent address their own parents about this. You don't have to attack them. Don't do anything drastic <laughs> unless they uh, prove themselves uncooperative. I mean, just start by a prayerful, honest request in a good tone at a good time. Listen, they may initially uh, be miffed by it, uh, but you know what? Most people uh, will be thoughtful once the dust settles. And uh, if they do prove to be uncooperative and refuse to change their behavior, then take more drastic measures for your children's sake. Um, you may disagree with this. Uh, I'm a grandparent now. I do not believe that my role as a grandparent is to spoil my grandchildren. Uh, I believe my role as a grandparent is to support their parents and to be a light and an influence and a, another voice for faith and good character uh, to them rather than being the family genie. Now, I know a lot of grandparents don't agree with that, but that's what I think. Question number two, how do you handle your child wanting to spend their earned money on dumb things? Um, start out by after they put in their tithe and after they save whatever portion you teach them to save, start by letting them spend their money on dumb things. Uh, and then basically what will happen if you're doing a good job as a parent, you will be asking them on bigger ticket items to participate in the spending. You know, whether you're making them pay a fourth, a third, a half, or whatever it is on bigger ticket items, and the first bigger ticket item that comes up and they want, and they want money, you'll be able to say, listen, you spend it all on ices and, and candy and soda. <laughs> you know, and... That's how you learn. Uh, wow, you know what? If I want bigger things that I want, then I can't just blow all my money. Um, they will slowly learn to stop blowing their money. If you fail to make them pay part of bigger ticket items, they will have to learn this lesson later when the stakes are higher and their credit score and their marriage uh, relationship is on the line. So, you know, teach them young. Question number three. Is teaching our children to look for sales and use coupons too much for little kids? Uh, I do think it's too much for little kids. Uh, I don't think it's too much for some teenagers. Uh, when you're making, again, when you're making them pay part of bigger ticket things that they want, 
understand that's when they will be open to understand to making their money go further to to looking for sales to figure out how i can spend better on this bigger ticket item and really until you get that point they're not going to really care about that kind of stuff uh, and so uh, i would handle it that way question number four do i force my children to do extra activities at church like christmas play children's choir and teen activities uh, we always did. We felt like that was the open door uh, to them being around people that we most wanted them to be friends with. Um, I also felt like uh, it's part of this whole uh, I'm a team player mentality. That is very uncommon in our culture. It's too uncommon among Christians. I just felt like whatever was the age-appropriate thing our children were supposed to be in and participate in, we made them go. We did not make them sing solos. We did not make them take parts, you know, in the Christmas drama. We felt like that was them to come to that kind of a conclusion based on their gifts in their own heart. But participating and being a faithful participant to me is a part of good character and a part of being a part of, of church. Uh, question number five, how can I encourage our kids to read their Bible and pray every day, or should I force them to do this? Um, yeah, again, you may disagree, but we felt like because our children were in church, every time the door squeaked open, you know, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, uh, I didn't ever feel like it was necessary for me to do a 30-minute family devotion. Uh, I felt like when our children were being raised in those circumstances, the most important thing was that they uh, see uh, Sharon and I try to live out what they heard preached and taught. Uh, and so uh, we did have family devotions and family prayer times, but they were briefer. Uh, like I've told you before, uh, I mean, we made them get up 15 minutes early before school. Uh, we sat down as a family at the kitchen table. Uh, we generally would just read one verse apiece and go around three times. I would have some uh, brief two-minute uh, commentary on something uh, that we read, and uh, we would go around and pray. And I felt like uh, when we were in church all the time, the most important thing for them to do was to learn on their own to do those things. It was obvious to them that it was important. And um, to me, uh, that's a heart issue that you can't force someone's heart. I wanted them to choose that kind of stuff. Um, that's how we handled it. Uh, question number six, our son is addicted to the gaming culture. We struggle to know how much time is too much and what is acceptable. Um, I would be far more concerned that my son or daughter is a, a, addicted to screen time than I was trying to figure out what exactly the right amount of time uh, is for them to spend on those things. But listen, too much screen time and too much of their time in fantasy worlds does not help them uh, face and deal with reality. And so what you've got to do is you've got you to find a balance. And every kid isn't the same. You know, you might have a kid that could spend an hour or two hours a day on screen time, you know, as a 15 or 16-year-old and still uh, make good effort in real relationships in real life. That would concern, then it wouldn't concern me much. If I saw my child just uh, what I would describe as descending into a family 
uh, a fantasy world and descending into uh, an inability to get along with other other people and have relationships or want relationships that would be concerning to me I, I, I would, would have less and less if that's their case but what I would just say uh, look for balance and if something's out of balance do something you know remember the Lord uh, gave them to you for many years you're gonna have a lot of things uh, to work through and for most people in our culture this is one of the things you, you're gonna work through you know our kids loved anything that was on a screen and I, I think that's pretty typical and uh, because fantasy worlds and what goes on in the, in the, in the, on the screen it's, it's easier Listen, it's great to be a, a great athlete by getting the cheat code, hit a hit an XAAB1, and now you're the best dude on the team, you, you know, or, or you learn the cheat code and, and you are the greatest sword fighter in the world or, or whatever it is that they're doing. And, and, you know, reality isn't like that. Reality is that it takes time and effort to build those kinds of skills. And so just be balanced and do something before, something before they get trapped in one of those worlds. Some interesting but not always serious quotes. Here's the first one. The quickest way to get your child's attention is to sit down and look comfortable. Uh, second uh, interesting quote. Uh, Once you sign on to be a mother, 24-7 is the only shift they offer. Uh, a couple of thoughts about parenting. Uh, great parenting is more on display with the behavior of the parent than the behavior of the child. I, I want you to let that sink in. One of the biggest traps we fall into as a parent is doing what we do to our children because of what people think about us. <laughs> you will struggle with this. With your family and in the church, uh, the best discipline is always done in the interest of the child. Your parenting skills are on display in your behavior. And um, behave well. Uh, second thought to consider, uh, there will be ways you feel like you've failed as a parent but in the eyes of your child, you will still be super mom and super dad. And if you don't believe that and you have this super high level of concern, if I don't do this, my children are going to hate me. Listen, you open your eyes and see the kind of uh, love and respect that people give lousy parents. You know, you, God put that in them. You know, this desire for a biological mom and dad, don't worry about it. Uh, you, you will fail. We all do. But in, in the end, if you're making a sincere effort, you will still be their hero. Uh, like I said, this is last week. Um, we uh, will go back to our normal mode after that. I don't have all the answers. I've been through a lot. I want to help you. Uh, and as you've heard me say many, many times, uh, I have no doubt about any of these principles that, that we, we've talked in here, both from Scripture and from practical experience. I just want to remind you that applying these, it is always going to be messy. Life is messy. Circumstances are messy. Uh, things don't ever change immediately, and I just want to encourage you to hang in there. Uh, we just last week finished five weeks talking about uh, good character, about how to build good character into our lives and into our children's lives, and, and I wish that in the church that people would let that sink in. Uh, salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus. It is the gift of God. Eternal life comes that way. But listen, success in life and success in ministry and success in relationships will always be linked to your character. And I think I echo the view of every parent here. 
I want my children not only to have eternal life through Jesus, I want them to have a blessed life here and now. And uh, what I want to do is I want to close out our 15 weeks kind of like I closed out uh, our season talking about discipline, uh, more uh, just kind of sitting across the table from you and, and chatting with you. Uh, we, we've done that before. I want to do that again. Just want to, uh, I guess, just chat with you a little bit. And so, so today is, is kind of just sort of wrapping things up with some general things. You should be on in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and I want to just give you a few thoughts and a couple of principles to close out with. Uh, here's the, the first one. Pace the privileges you give your children. Pace the privileges you give your children. We're going to read this section of Scripture, and the interesting thing to me is that if you summarize what we're going to read, there's a time for opposite ends of nearly everything. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, To everything there's a season and a time, to every purpose under the heaven, time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break up, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, a time of peace. Pace the privileges you give your children. It's pretty obvious that there is a time for everything. Doing the right thing at the wrong time will not work well. Uh, and, and, and so basically, you need the wisdom of God. Look what the wise man said there in chapter 8 in, in verse 5. When we think about timing, Whoso uh, keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing, but a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. In other words, the judgment to know what to do and the time to do it. It is a part of the wisdom from God to know what to do and when to do it. You say, Brother Wally, what do you mean when, when I say uh, pace the privileges you give your children? Uh, bedtime should get later as they get older. Uh, it's a privilege to stay up later. Time with friends should increase as they get older. It's a privilege to get time with friends and to be more imp- independent. Uh, things they're allowed to do without you should increase as they get older. Independence and trust are, are privileges. There's a time for those. Uh, they should get more freedom to make their own decisions as they get older. Listen, as long as they live under your roof, no matter what age they are, you should be having some say in what goes on. Uh, otherwise, why are they going to ever want to move out? They will never want to move out and be on their own if, while living under your house, they live and do everything they want. You fund everything in their life. Why would they ever want to move out? Um, For all kids, things like cell phones, movies, TV, bedtime, discussing the discipline they will receive, driving privileges, friends over, all that stuff should be paced. Uh, For girls, things like makeup, ear piercing, shaving their legs, picking their hairstyle, and all those kinds of things should be paced. For for boys, things like the video games they play, the kind of video games they use, how they cut their hair, how they wear their facial, that all should be paced. 
Listen, if you give your child everything when they're 7, 8, 9, and 10, by the time they get 14 or 15 or 16, there are going to be no privileges left that are not going to be harmful for them. Pace the privileges you give them. Uh, now, they're going to make some decisions. As they get a little older, you're not going to like. That's a part of them growing up. I'm not implying let them destroy themselves. I am saying let them feel the pain of bad decisions. If they feel no pain from bad decisions growing up, trust me, when they get to be an adult, the pain from their bad decisions will be much deeper and far more lasting than it was when they were 13. If you, uh, now this is hard. There's a part of you as a parent that basically, because you feel like you have to say no so often, you want to always say yes whenever you can. That, 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 that's a normal feeling. But listen, you must pace the privileges. Your child's tendency is going to want to be to live in whatever the next phase of life is. If they're a child... If they're a young child, they're going to want to be an older child. When they're an older child, they're going to want to be a younger teen. When they're a younger teen, they're going to want to be an older teen. When they're an older teen, they're going to want to be a young adult. It is your job to keep them where they are, to fulfill each aspect of life. Listen, there's a reason that a lot of people have midlife crises. That's because they didn't live their life in order. They, they did not live in the order God established life, and so they're going to want to go back. Don't let them do that. There's a time for everything. Pace of privileges. Here's the second thing, Proverbs chapter 24. We're just kind of talking about some general principles for parenting, just sort of sitting across the table from each other. Here's the second thing, number two. Take a long-term view of events and difficulties. <laughs> Take a long-term view of events and difficulties. Uh, this, to me, is one of my pr favorite Proverbs. I know it might seem silly to you, but uh, Proverbs 24:27 says, Prepare thy work without, that's outside, make it fit for thyself in the field, and afterwards build thine house. What he is saying, he says, listen, you're better to live in a tent and make sure everything in your fields is in order so long terms, your field is right, long term you have food, than you are to do the convenient thing, which is to make sure your house is super nice and then get down the road and your fields are out of order and you don't have any food. It's a long-term perspective on what you choose. Um... Don't be overly concerned if they're not the best student in class, the best player in a team, or get the biggest parts in the drama. Take a long-term view of all these events. I wish you would let this sink into your head. Children mature at different rates. And when you get all uptight that your child is not always at the top of whatever it is, and they're really not, that, that's not where they are right now, you're, you're going to hurt them. Take a long-term view. Uh, all through you, your parenting experience, you're going to have to trust God over and over and over again with difficulties he allows in your children's life. When things don't go like you think they should go, when they don't get what you think they should deserve. And I can just tell you from personal experience, it's not easy. 
It's not easy when their coach doesn't give them the playing time you think they should get, when their teacher doesn't give them the grade you think they should get, when they at the church don't get whatever acknowledgement that you think they should get. Uh, it is not easy, but you need to trust God with all those things and look at them all as teachable moments. You are there to steer them through all those difficulties, not take those difficulties away. You are there in those times to teach your child that if your faith does not work in the valley, it is not real or any good on the mountain. You're going to have problems with church kids, church leaders, youth ministry, lack of sleep, lack of free time. You're going to have problems with acne, playing time on teams, social difficulties due to their size, appearance, or just plain mean people. You have problems with school kids, school teachers, kids, adults of all sorts, all sizes and all ages. You have problems with neighbors, with family, with friends, with boyfriends and girlfriends and the lack thereof. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And you cannot let each of these things cause you to lose faith. They are opportunities for your faith to shine and for you to teach them to have faith in God. They're all just bumps in a road in a bumpy road. Life is not a smooth road. It's a bumpy road, and you're there to help them learn how to keep their faith and do what's right in those bumps. If you're really struggling, struggling get some seasoned wise counsel. L listen, it'll mean the world to you at some point just to say, do you know what? We went through the same thing. This is what we did. Just do that. Help yourself. And um, fight off your natural urge to keep them children as long as you can. I wish every mom in here that took notes would write that in big letters. Fight off your natural urge to keep them children as long as you can. Listen, your goal ought to be have them be the age they are. Don't want them younger don't want them older, especially if it's your last child. I've seen so many parents ruin their last child because they insisted on keeping that child as young as they possibly could. Don't do that, please, for the sake of your child. Take a long-term view of events. Here's the third thing. I don't have a Bible verse for this, but it's just sensible. Trust them as much as you can, but don't be naive. Trust them as much as you can, but don't be naive. Please, if you ever begin to form the words, my child would never, and then fill in a blank, stop yourself. We don't, therefore they will not. Stop yourself. They've never seen that. Stop yourself. Do not underestimate the depth of a fallen human heart, even in your child. Some kids are sneakier than others. And all kids are sneaky when it comes to doing something they know you wouldn't like. Listen, if you've tried to do a good job as your parent, your child doesn't want to disappoint you. Period. I don't care who they are. I don't care how bad things are going. They don't want to disappoint you, and they will sneak around. Trust them, but don't be naive. What do you say? What do you mean by that? Don't be afraid to go in their room and look around when they're not around. Uh, I'm not saying that you, the best thing to do is, hey, by the way, I want you to watch me. I'm just going to search your room. Don't do that. S go through their stuff when they're not around. 
Say why? Uh, trust them, but don't be naive. Don't be afraid to uh, have a tracker on their phone. Don't be afraid to put a tracker in, the, in their car. Don't be afraid as your child gets to be an older teenager, if you have any suspicions, don't be afraid to do random drug tests. Listen, if you as a parent don't have some kind of blocking software on your television and on their phones and on their computer, you have your head in the sand. It is so easy for a young male to get on pornography. So easy. And they will have a natural curiosity. You're there to help them make it more difficult for that terrible thing to happen. Please do this. Don't, don't wait and learn that your 15-year-old has been addicted to pornography for three years. Please stop that irresponsible behavior. Trust, but do not be naive. I've got this statement in red. Expect issues when they get older. <laughs> Going through difficult times is normal. I, I, the nine out of ten kids, when they get 15, 16, 17, 18 year old, you're going to have some stuff to work through. All right? If you have raised them well and been a consistent example, uh, listen, don't think that you got this thing all licked because they're a good 12 year old. They're really at 12, they're just beginning to see the light and beginning to think, wow, I might make some decisions on my own. Now, sometimes it is good for them to know that you're checking up on them, but you know what? Uh, don't do all the checking up you do with their knowledge. Uh, you sneak around some. I know people don't do that anymore. I would get in our boys' car and see what stations they had on the radio. Nowadays, I know people hook up your, you know, whatever the do-jigger is with your... Uh, I'm not a music listener. If I listen to anything, I listen to preaching or talk radio. Uh, I mostly like silence and just talk to the Lord. But uh, I, I'm not a music listener. But whatever it is that they're doing to listen to their music, check it out. Uh, number four, do everything you can to find a healthy niche for them to fit in. Don't, don't underestimate how important it is that your child fit in somewhere. Now, uh, our heart's desire as, pa as parents was first and foremost that they would fit in in the Lord's church. That was our heart's desire. That was our aim. That was our prayer. That, that was everything we, one of the things we wanted most. But understand that you can want that, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. Okay? That doesn't mean the people at the church are bad and doesn't even always mean your kid is bad. It just means things just didn't click. But every kid needs a niche. And one of the worst things that you will ever do is not find a niche for your older children. And you prepare them for that when they're younger children. Um, if my kid couldn't fit in at church, I would be looking at 4-H or Boy Scouts or sports. Anything that helps your child find a niche. It's good for them. You remember... We're not raising children. We are raising independent, functional adults. Help them find a, a niche. I, like I've told you before, I never wanted our children involved in niches that are filled with bad examples. Like if our kids had a skateboard, 
uh, I, I did everything I could to discourage him from being on a skateboard. Wow, it's too bad you're not as good as that as... Listen, you have a lot more influence than you realize you have. So why would you do that? Have you ever seen a crowd at the skateboard park? Listen, ultimately, you, <laughs> you, you won't get to pick what they do with their life. They will pick that. But you, you're, you're pointing an arrow, remember? And you want to do everything you can to point the arrow where, where it should fly. Second uh, Samuel chapter seven. We're just chatting. And this is kind of just a hodgepodge to finish up. Everything else has been tightly grouped and organized. This is just kind of uh, an army chow line where you go up, and this is all the leftovers, you know, out on your on your tray. Here's number five. Shun and postpone fame and excessive limelight as long as you can. Now, I know that is the opposite of what you would naturally think. But notice what God says about where he got the greatest king Israel ever had in 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 8. It says, Now for so shalt thou say to my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. Did you ever think, why didn't God prepare the greatest king of Israel in the palace? Why, why do you prepare him in obscurity? Why, why, why following sheep instead of following princes? Well, why is it that earthly parents always want to put our child in the palace when God chose for his son a manger, a small town uh, named Bethlehem, a uh, tradesman for a stepdad, a carpenter named Joseph, a mom for a mom like Mary, not, not a queen, not, not a uh, doctor, in, 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 in regular people. There is a part of every one of us as a parent that wants our children to be super successful and an overachiever and even famous. If I ask you to make a list of childhood stars who became functional, healthy adults, it would be a very short list, especially compared to childhood stars who basically, to one degree or another, trashed their life. There is something that doesn't go together with fame and immaturity. Do you realize that God didn't even have Jesus manifest who he was until he was 30? I'm not implying that Jesus, as the Son of God, couldn't have done what he did at 21. I'm just saying, you know, there's something to be said for waiting for fame to find our children rather than pushing our children in it. And what I would say to you, if anything, nudge your children out of the limelight and out of fame and let that find them rather than you making sure they end up in it. I would never put my daughter in a beauty pageant or my child to become a model. I would never audition my child for commercials. Listen, there is plenty of time for any beauty or talent they actually may have to come out. 
listen to me, if it is manifested publicly before their private character is settled, they will be hurt. I, I get it. Some of you, by virtue of, uh, that's true for our children, some of our children, by virtue of the gifts of the parents or calling of the parents, they do grow up in the limelight. And we constantly, because uh, we had some people who were harder on our children because I was their dad. And we had other people who gave them a break because I was their dad. And trust me, they let me know whenever they felt like someone was demanding too much of them. And as a parent, you just point them instead of the critics to the people who gave them a break. Listen. God chose you as their parent, and he chose them as your child. That means whatever environment in which he has placed you as their parent, your child will be fine. You handle yourself wisely. Um, here's number six. Proverbs 27, 17. Just hodgepodge our way out of here. Here's number six. Do everything you can to bring the right kind of friends into their lives. Proverbs 27, 17. It says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the counsel of his friends. In other words, whoever your friends choose, they will be an influence on your child, and your child will be an influence on them. There is no changing the fact that that's true. And that cuts in both directions. The people your children choose for friends will greatly influence them. Have you ever thought about this? When God made Eve for Adam, do you realize one of the things God did was God said, you know what, some of the time and attention that I used to have, I now want you to give to Eve. And in a certain way, you're going to have to do that uh, to help your child put them in an environment where they're more likely to choose good friends. Some of the attention and affection that you wish you have now need to be going to someone else. I've said this, I've implied this, I've repeated it over and over, but between the ages of about 15 and 21, your child, to one degree or another, will be influenced more by friends than by you. You cannot choose your child's friends. All you can do is put your child in the best environment where they make a good choice and pray for them that they make a good choice. Listen, a part of growing up is having relationships with someone other than your parents. By the way, don't let it bother you too much. It's going to bother you. I've lived through it. You need to just live through this part of life where... Your children don't really want to be around you and are proving to you they're independent. And when that's all done, they'll come back and want a relationship with you. Work through it. Here's number seven, Proverbs 24. <laughs> Verse 16. Uh, this, to me, is one of the most important things in, in life. Part and part of character. Verse 16 says, For a just man falls seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Here's number seven. Build as much toughness into them as you can. T toughness is what gets you up when you, when you fall down. By the way, toughness is not meanness. 
If I was going to pick something that is really wrong with our culture and increasingly wrong in the church, I would put a lack of toughness. Toughness is not quitting when it's, not, when it's easy to quit. Toughness is not... <laughs> toughness is doing your duty and keeping your commitment when it's not easy to keep it. Toughness is not giving in to being tired as an excuse to be mean, ignore the alarm, do the right thing. Toughness is deciding to do what's right instead of yielding to an excuse that is convenient. Toughness is staying up late to finish your schoolwork because you are committed to Wednesday church. Toughness is not allowing the rain or cold to keep you from something you said you would do. Toughness. And by and large, our culture is becoming softer and softer and softer to our detriment and so are God's people. Toughness is built by adversity. Toughness is built by poverty. Toughness is built by competition. Toughness is built by being knocked down. And our culture is trying to remove all of those things. And everybody ends up soft. I believe it's one of the greatest problems we have. By the way, uh, it's a lack of toughness that causes people to give up easily on their marriage. It's a lack of toughness that causes parents to be unable to make their children do what they should do. And your children will never have any toughness if you remove all the hardship and you settle all their disputes. I like it when kids play soccer in the mud. All the moms are over there, I can't believe they didn't cancel this game. And I'm over there saying, yeah, good. Coach is angry. You guys didn't try it on. Moms are over there, I can't believe he's talking to them like that. And I'm over there, good. They had it coming. I, I liked it when our children sometimes had to stay up late to finish their homework. Oh, Junior needs her sleep. They'll, they'll be all right. Anybody here who has ever made anything out of yourself in life or ministry know that one of the things that got you through and got you where you are is toughness. I got up when they knocked me down. Please build it into your child. No, I have no opportunity for questions today. Everybody should still have a square. And I would like you to write something on it. If you have some feedback, that would help me. If the Lord tarries in two years, I'll teach this class again, just like if the Lord tarries next summer, I will, I will teach on marriage. Uh, but I, I would love your feedback. Anything you feel like we didn't cover adequately, anything you felt like was good, uh, honest feedback, you're turning it in anonymously. Uh, my heart is to help you. My prayer is every Sunday that, that God would help you as parents and that he would help your children. And uh, I do not believe God placed us in 2020 and almost 2021 to fail. We are chosen for this generation. You as a parent and your kid as a kid, they can make it and they can take it and stand for the Lord. But fill that out. and God bless you. Just, just fold it and like usual, stick it up here.